Hello and welcome to the Dear Citrus Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hodgen, and I'm a food and beverage lover. From design to development and all the in-between, this podcast is about my life as a 20-something-year-old navigating the ups and downs of the everyday. So grab a cup of matcha or your favorite functional beverage, get cozy, and let's dive in. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 7 a.m. EST for a brand new episode. Hello, Claire. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I would love for you to introduce yourself and introduce Square Fair and everything you're doing over there. Yeah, absolutely. And hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm super excited to be speaking with you all today. So um, this is fun. So my name is Claire. Um, I'm actually originally from France. I've been living in the U.S. for about 20 years. And uh, I'm the founder of Square Fair. So Square Fair is a healthy meal delivery service. Everything is made fresh and you get your food the day that it's made. And the reason I started this company is because um, I worked in corporate America for many years. And I always found that it was really hard for me to combine being so busy and being so immersed in my job with self-care. I felt like I just never really had the tools for that. And so I would find myself popping downstairs at 4 p.m. to grab a sandwich, so that sort of thing. And all was well and good until I started developing gut issues, and they just didn't go away. And I saw a bunch of different doctors, and everyone said, no, you're healthy, everything's fine. Um, you know, maybe sleep more or eat slower or things like that. But it, And I tried that, but it really didn't move the needle for me. And then COVID hit, and uh, I started making my own food at home. And suddenly I just felt like myself again. It was such a brilliant feeling. And I, it made me so nervous about going back into the office and losing that balance that when it was that time, I started reaching out to those friends. We all have those friends who know everything and ask them sort yes. of like what they do for food. And actually no one had a great answer. They were all trying different services, which they were abandoning for this reason or that reason, but nothing was really sticking in a way that they felt was sustainable and made them happy. Um, and that's really the genesis of, of Square Fair. Um, so the thing that's particular about our service is that we'll tailor the food to your specific nutritional needs. And we'll go deep into the data. You know, if you're working with a registered dietitian, we'll work with that person. If you're not, we'll figure it out. We actually work ourselves with registered dietitians um, to get you the meals that are designed to make you feel good and, and help you hit whatever health and fitness goals you might have. And it's been transformative. Um, people are feeling happy. They're feeling less bloated. Their skin is clearing up. They're feeling higher energy. Everyone's feeling this transformation and coming back to me and saying, oh, my God, I never knew that food could do that. Um, right. So it's got me really excited. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about that and other things today. That's amazing. So I, I know we talked a little bit beforehand about how like the importance of you guys building custom meals for people and it being very tailored to each person that you're, you know, you're each of your customers. So why is that like, I feel like that's really the like pinnacle like moment with Square Fair and why it's so successful in its overall story. So I'd love for you just to tell us a little bit more about like why the like customization portion is what really sets you guys apart. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's interesting because when you go to a restaurant and you order a dish, whether you're a petite woman or like a guy who's trying to build muscle, you're getting the same exact portion. And the reality is, you know, that portion may or may not include the things that you need. Uh, it may be enough food. Maybe it's too much food. Maybe it's not enough food. Um, we, we shouldn't all be eating the same thing. Right. And once you start sort of giving you 
yourself what it is that you need, that's really when you start seeing results. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting too, because so I'm very data oriented. Uh, yes. I was a math major when I was in college. I went into banking. Like I just love data. Um, and so I went into this thinking, you know, for myself, like I wanted to eat healthy, but worried like mm -hmm. I would be eating too much or not eating the right thing. And they would have like adverse effects. I just wasn't sure how to get there. Right. Um, and so I thought, okay, like, let me crack the numbers thing. And I would, I want to say like, that takes you like 95% of the way there. Mm -hmm. Um, the thing that I thought was interesting is that as people do, people are not just numbers, obviously, and like different bodies are very different and it manifests in so many different ways. And now that I'm in it, I'm really seeing it, getting the feedback from the person on saying, okay, this week, here's what worked for me. Here's what didn't work for me. I was hungry around that time, you know, thinking about like, when should you be eating? How much should you be eating at each meal? And like starting to tweak things based on experience and feedback, that's really when you sort of bring it home um, and, and people feel great and, and they hit their stride. It's so true, like finding the foods and finding the meals and times to eat and things that work best for you because I've found so much of that in my own personal life. And I'm curious if you have any like success stories that are maybe like for either yourself or some of your customers or just like that you can share about how food has really been so transformative for them. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, when I think about my clients, um, there's a few sort of like moments where they're like, oh, wait, now I get it. Um, mm -hmm. One of the first ones is they look at the food and they're like, wow, that's a lot of food. And actually they usually say that's a lot of vegetables. I didn't realize I was supposed to eat that much, but then they do and they start achieving their goals and they say, ah, so it's not about restriction. It's about mm -hmm. on the contrary. It's about bringing in all the right things into my plate. I think that's definitely a big moment. The second one, and it kind of goes along that, which is just people don't eat enough when they're eating, but they also don't eat enough times during the day. There's so many people who skip breakfast. And it might work super well for some people, but it definitely doesn't work well for everybody. Um, and so eating meals that are maybe not like as big as they used to eating, but eating more mm -hmm. during the day, like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and maybe a snack. Like I've found that that's been like a sweet spot for a lot of people. And then on this almost like the reverse, the people who like keep eating all day long, like little tiny little meals. They're always hungry. They're always chasing sort of like they're, they, they don't have that feeling of being like content. Um, right. And that's tough. So being aware of that and again, listening to your body is so important as you try and, and find your happy, your happy medium. Definitely. That's so interesting you say with having a bunch of different meals throughout the day because, and like in a, a good sense, because that's what I've always done. And I always like, can never wrap my head around just having you know like people who can't eat but like don't eat breakfast and only eat two meals and I'm like I wouldn't have enough energy like I couldn't do it and I'm curious like when we're talking about you know having different meals throughout the day and like finding that plan that works for you like how did you guys kind of figure out that that's a lot of people's sweet spots I'm sure there's data that goes back with it but I'm curious kind of how you landed there yeah I mean a lot of it goes with where people start. So we start where they are. Um, so if someone doesn't eat breakfast, for instance, and they tell us, so there's a quiz that you take when you first join, we'll analyze your profile, we'll figure out what are the calories, macros, nutrients that you need. You'll tell us what are your allergies, but you'll also tell us how you like to eat. 
And so it's, do you have breakfast? Yes, no, small, medium, large. Do you have lunch? Yes, no, small, medium, large, and so on. And we also ask how many times a day do you snack, knowing that I'm sure people kind of lie on that. Um, And so a lot of people will start with no breakfast. Um, And then, you know, every week I'll I'll follow up, especially in the beginning, um, with how was the food for you this week, taste-wise, but also how do you feel? Like you should feel higher energy, no sugar crash. You should feel full, but not heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for a lot of people, that's kind of new because they always think about their food in terms of taste. Oh, did I like it? Do I want to have that taste again? Right. They don't necessarily really think so much about how the food makes them feel. And that whole listening to your body component just goes away. And if they really thought about how they feel, I think a lot of people would, in fact, change their diet. But it, it just doesn't, it's not part of the psyche. And so as they respond to that, you know, they say, oh, well, you know, I, I was ravenous by, by lunch and then I was like kind of tired in the afternoon. And those are signs where, okay, your blood sugar levels are all over the place mm-hmm. um, because you've been um, not having enough sugar earlier. And by sugar, I, I don't mean like actual sugar, I mean like mm-hmm. food um, right. earlier in the day and then you eat and boom, you get a spike. But then because you have a big spike, then boom, you fall back down. And like that mid-afternoon slump, uh, that's when people really feel it. And so a good way to help with that is to eat in the morning, like a nice balanced breakfast, lunch, again, you know, same thing, nice balanced lunch. And then come mid-afternoon, you're actually feeling good. Like you're full of energy, you can keep going. Maybe you need the snack, maybe you don't. And then dinner again, nice balanced dinner. Um, and once people get into that mode, they feel good, they can keep going, it's sustainable. Um, you know, one person was like, I felt like I was running with a half tank of gas all day long, and now I'm (laughs) like fully loaded. It feels good. Um, so that's, that's what we help people get to. I'm curious if you have a take on why so many people, you know, kind of have issues with finding the right way to eat what you were saying like a lot of people like the psyche trains you to just think you know how does this taste not so much how does it make you feel and I'm curious like from talking to people in your own experience if you have a take at all on why so many people kind of revert to that way of thinking when it comes to food because I've had a lot of conversations on here and on the podcast and it always when we talk about food it kind of reverts to that thinking and having trouble with you know, making sure you're full and having the right amount of energy throughout the day. And I, I hear so much of it on social media as well of like that 2 to 4 p.m. slump that you were talking about and how a lot of people deal with that. And a lot of people may not realize it comes back to how they're feeding themselves and their blood sugar levels and things like that. So I'm, again, curious if you have a take of, you know, why a lot of people kind of have issues with separating the taste of something and how it makes them feel. Yeah. You know, I think it's a lot of different things. I think you've got the scenario where you've got someone who actually knows what they're supposed to be eating, but they just don't have time. They don't have time mm-hmm. to prepare it. They don't have time to get organized. And then they kind of like the the day goes by and they're kind of like rushing and, you know, they right. know, but they do what they can. I think that's part of it. I think part of it is that there's a ton of content on social media that's just super confusing. And, you know, there's a ton of like the 30 day plan and that kind of thing where they put you in these unsustainable situations where you're not necessarily getting your body what it needs. And people are seeing results like they're, you know, a lot of people are chasing weight loss. And, um, you know, we try and change that 
talk a little bit mm-hmm. because it's really about making you feel good and feeling strong and having the mental focus and uh, the clarity of thought and like all these other things. But when I see people sign up to a quiz, like I like 90% of people are trying to lose weight. And so they're sort of like chasing that and putting that as their priority. And so in the end, a lot of people will opt for things that are kind of counterproductive, um, mm-hmm. which means like, like they're just not eating enough or they're eating some super processed stuff that just doesn't have the nutritional value that like non-processed food would have. Right. And kind of like, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of like a car. You need to give fuel, but we're a complicated car because uh, we need not just one kind of fuel, we need all types of different things to make sure that every function that we have operates well. Mm -hmm. And so people end up depriving themselves of some of those core uh, needs. And yes, they may lose weight for those 30 days, but then right afterwards, it's a mess. Um, Simply because their body can't follow. It makes a lot of sense. I'm curious, you know, you're dealing with so many different people on a, a daily basis, weekly basis with all your customers who are all going through different nutrition journeys and lifestyle journeys. And I I know like I've learned so much from the people in my community and the people I talk to on the podcast and all of that. And I'm curious like what you have learned and how you kind of pulled it into both like your professional life and your personal life, like what you've learned from your customers when it comes to, you know, how they're approaching food and how they're approaching like this big change in their life? I think um, when I first started Square Fair, I was kind of thinking, okay, how about a program that, you know, is so focused on the macros and is so focused on eating clean. And I'll admit at the beginning, I kind of lost sight of a uber important component, which is enjoying it and enjoying Mm -hmm. life. Like some, as I said earlier, I'm French. So for me, like the main dishes always needed to taste good. But, you know, the things like snacks, for instance, that people like, like everybody likes a little bit of sweetness or like yes. people will go out for dinner and have a glass of wine and they should. And it's really important. And I don't think I had that built in early enough into the product where there was this allowance for um, everyday behavior, which in the end makes your usage of um you know, square fare, something that's absolutely sustainable. And so for instance, this week we have our peanut butter cups uh, on the menu, which we make with chickpeas, which in fact uh, contains protein and fiber. So the fiber will coat your stomach so you won't get as big of a sugar spike, uh, which helps in a number of different ways, including uh, being anti-inflammatory. And then the protein will keep you full. Um, so it's an awesome snack to have in the middle of the day. It's an awesome snack for post-workout because it has protein and complex carbs, which helps you replenish and recover from your workout. It's also good for kids because kids, you know, a lot of times will just grab candy, which is essentially hundred percent sugar and mm-hmm. that will drive them bananas. This will not, um, along the same vein, we also have like a matcha tahini granola bar, mm. um, which, yeah, which is super delicious. That sounds delicious. Um, yeah. So we incorporate these things um, because it's important to have like the spice of life in, in your food. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and, and I think that's that's an important component. Um, I mean, I've learned so much. People, um, people give me feedback all the time on the food, what works for them, what doesn't work for them. They give me feedback on the packaging, what works for them, what doesn't work for them. And so 
you know, this is really a project where I've iterated a lot based on feedback um, and making sure that what we're doing is aligned with what people need. Uh, and that only happens when you're in communication with people. And then separately, I also talk to registered dietitians all the time. In fact, many of our clients come through uh, registered dietitians, fitness trainers, same thing. Um, and it's kind of interesting because fitness trainers, you know, they're always, everyone kind of says the same thing. They're like, yeah, you know, you work out to get toned, but like mm -hmm. eating right will take you to the next level. Um, and it doesn't matter whether you're just working out because, you know, you just want, kind of want to be fit and like take care of yourself versus like an athlete. The nutrition component is so important. It really goes hand in hand with that workout. Um, so I, I think that from all sides, I'm hearing from the experts that there's so many myths that people believe and, you know, and they don't necessarily grasp until they see it how important nutrition can be for them uh, and how transformative it can be. Definitely so. I I find that so interesting and in what you're saying about, you know, when you started out kind of not having the same perspective that you have now and, you know, switching up and bringing healthier snacks in that are formulated really well to take you throughout the day. And I'm wondering if like, when did you kind of realize like, you know, oh, maybe I need to like switch my perspective on this a little bit, you know, maybe I need to open myself up a little bit more, like if there was a defining moment there. Um, it was client feedback. Um, so I had a couple of emails from people being like, can I please have a piece of chocolate? <laughs> um, and I thought, oh my God, I can't believe people are asking me if they can have chocolate. Of course you can have chocolate. Um, and so the, you know, it, it helped me understand a little bit the role that we're playing also in people's lives where mm -hmm. they're looking to us for advice um, and they're looking and they, you know, they don't have time. They don't have time to figure out what they should be eating, how they should make it, how much of mm -hmm. it they should have. But there's also this underlying wanting to understand. And so as they have their lives and their lives happen, maybe they go out for dinner and maybe they're traveling and things like that. Like, how, how do they incorporate the square fair thinking into their day to day? So, uh, you know, a large bit came from that. And just like feedback, you know, I'll mm -hmm. sometimes I'll go in the street, maybe there's a line at Sweet Green or something, and I'll chat with people to kind of like understand. And I just, people have questions. Oh, do you guys do snacks? What are they? Oh, I would never eat that. Oh, that sounds so yummy, you know? So um, right. as you talk with people and as you get a sense for what people are looking for, uh, you can adapt in that way. That's amazing. I, I didn't have this in my outline, but I'm curious with this. And we kind of, you mentioned earlier about how there's a lot of stuff shared on social media and it's, you know, it's not a one size fits all kind of information. And you obviously have a social media presence for Square Fair, as does, you know, what every company has to do now. And I'm curious how you kind of share and market Square Fair to a point where you're not kind of sharing these like blanket statements and things like that. And falling into the trap. I don't know if you have maybe a take on this, but I'm just kind of curious what you do. Um, so from a social media perspective, it's funny that you say that because I'm still trying to figure out exactly how we can best explain what we do. I think a lot of people come to our Instagram page being like, I don't understand. <laughs> Am I cooking the food? Are they cooking the food? What's the deal with tailored? Is it a gimmick? Is it mm -hmm. like tailored quotation mark but really there's like small medium large and they're going to put me in a bucket like how does it actually work 
So mm-hmm. right now I'm using the Instagram to try and answer that and also show that the food is prepared because the food is already made. You can see the pictures. Um, the food is fresh. Like you can see the raw ingredients. You can see the ingredients as they're being cooked and as they go into your plate. So I think people get a sense a little bit also for the type of food that we make because that's the other thing, which is like, oh, healthy food is going to be like boring. Right. Um, so I, these are the answers that we're trying to answer. What we haven't been doing as much, um, and I'm trying to figure out how to weave that in, is educate people. There's definitely mm. people who said, great, do you have like a one-on-one on nutrition so I can finally understand how it works? And so we've been testing that a little bit. Um, so I have this presentation that um, I do. There's a registered dietitian I work with actually on this, and we'll present in different corporate um settings uh to groups of people and answer their questions and i'm still sort of like working through uh what are the types of questions people have what are their aha moments and things like that so i can really distill that make that clear on on social Mm -hmm. um there's definitely there's definitely an ask for it um just like a a source of truth like right what is what with nutrition yeah yeah that's kind of what i was thinking and i was i was curious if that's what you all did and you mentioned this idea of like sometimes people think like healthy food is boring and like that it's you know maybe unseasoned or not as tasty or whatever it is and i find that so funny because i think like even growing up like my parents always cooked very healthy and but it was always like kind of boring and bland and you know not to shade my mother but like wasn't the best and then when I started cooking for myself I was like oh this doesn't have to be boring like this can be really fun you know there's still so many ways you can truly enjoy what you eat while feeling your body and it sounds like that's a lot of what you all do and what you follow at Square Fair as well. Absolutely and it's interesting too because so we're dealing with people who have a wide variety of palates So we have the client who will sign up and say, you know what? I don't like salt. I don't want any salt in my food. Uh, I like bland. I enjoy tasting the ingredients and that's it. Um, All the way to people who say, I need fireworks in every mouthful. Like otherwise I get bored and, and this is not interesting to me. And so the question became for us like, okay, so how do you cater to all these people at once? Because you need to be able to scale the business and, you want to be able to give healthy food to everyone who wants it. And so where we've landed is that we cook everything in a very clean way. So a lot of like boiling, blanching, steaming, roasting, that sort of thing. Um, Mm. We primarily use olive oil and small amounts of it. We use just a touch of salt, like really just a touch of salt as we cook. Um, But the flavor comes in in the sauce. And the sauce is something that as an individual, you can control. So if you're the person who wants the super bland food, you just ignore the sauce and you, you don't have it. And if you're the person who likes the fireworks, we may even give you a second sauce, you know, um, so that you can have like that flavor in every mouthful. And the sauces are made from scratch. Um, we use a lot of different things and every sauce has its own sort of, you know, profile. So it could be like miso-based, lemon-based. Um, we have some yogurt sauces. We also have vegan options, of course. Uh, we have vinaigrettes. We have salsas. We do all kinds of stuff. Uh, we use spices, herbs. Um, you know, it's fun. I I think that's kind of like the, the fun part of what we're doing, kind of like the right. creative aspect of it, where you're you're giving an identity to the dish and you're you're creating something that works well with all the ingredients put together. Mm -hmm. 
That's such a fun way to look at customizing them. And I was curious kind of how you did that. And I'm wondering like, what are some of your favorite meals that you guys have put out recently or just like in the history of Square Fair? In the history of Square Fair. Oh my goodness. Do you know that our menu changes every single week? I do. That that's why I barely like... have any repeats. Right. Yeah, that's so... why I was like, you <laughs> must have some favorites there. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think a big favorite, including mine, is bibimbap. So I've brought mm -hmm. it back a few times because people just love it. It's really fun uh, variety of ingredients and textures. Um, yeah, and so it's and you know when people think bibimbap, they think like a ton of rice and like a few right. different veggies. We reverse that, so you get like a ton of veggies, but you still get you know a bit of rice. And again, it depends on the person and their macros. So if you're a guy who's like in at the gym every day, you'll get more rice. And if you're someone who doesn't work out and is, um, you know, maybe bloated or something, I don't know, I'm making this up, you'll get like almost no rice. So that will that will depend. Um, okay, so that's one of the dishes. Uh, another one that people really like, we make this mac and cheese with butternut squash. Um, so it's like Ooh. fake mac and cheese but it tastes super yum yeah. and people like it. And actually the kids love it too. Um, let's see. I'm trying. I mean, this it's like, we have so many dishes. Um, people generally love our salmon. Um, so we source that from Greenpoint fish. It's a sustainable mm. fish company. Yeah. Um, and the quality is just incredible. And that to me is so important too, because when, once people have had our food for like a week or two and then they do takeout, they're like, whoa, such right. a difference. Um, and I think that's, you know, when you combine like the quantity of food, the quality of the ingredients, the thoughtfulness behind how it's put together, and then suddenly you order something from a takeout place, you understand like how they build flavor. Like you start realizing, you're like, oh, they build flavor because they put a bunch of oil and sugar and salt. Mm -hmm. um and that's how they do it and by the way you know I think it's fun to have that from time to time I myself like I love going to all sorts of different places so right. I don't want to shade anyone but um you realize that maybe that's not something you want to be eating every day whereas mm -hmm. something that feels like a lot more wholesome that makes you feel good and like has that fresh taste and just tastes like yum uh is something that that you know you could see yourself eating for for an extended period of time. Definitely. Oh, those all sound delicious. And I think it's it's so fun what you all do of just like making – it's almost like making food and nutrition fun again for people and giving them dishes that they're really excited about with really good ingredients. And I think you know what you're saying, like a lot of your customers are people who are really busy or just kind of need help in the food department. So it's amazing what you all are doing. And I'm curious like it everything sounds like it's going so amazing, but I know like – with business and just life in general, there's so many ups and downs, you know, it might not necessarily be like something went bad, but you have lower points. And I'm curious, like, how do you protect your sanity and prevent burnout in this space that feels like it's constantly changing? Yeah. So first off, thank you for your kind words. I appreciate it. Of course. Um, and yes, now let me pull out my box of Kleenexes and start crying. Um, <laughs> Literally. The, I mean, there's no doubt that like, Food businesses are super challenging and starting a new company that no one's ever heard of is also super challenging. And mm -hmm. so I want to say like, 
if I didn't have like a solid group of friends and if I didn't have my family um, and frankly, positive feedback from customers on like a weekly basis, mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd be able to keep on going because every single day there's something that goes wrong and it really spans the gamut and you don't always know what, what's going to be next. Right. Um, and so, yeah. So for me, it's um, so I obviously I eat well. Um, and that's really important. And the days I don't, I can feel it. Mm-hmm. I try and sleep enough. Um, I never go to bed past midnight, or at least I try not to, unless I'm partying, which doesn't happen too right. often these days. <laughs> um, and um, I try and work out uh, somewhat regularly, I would say at least once a week, and that's probably not enough. But, and by, by the way, huge shout out to Jennifer from Physique 57. She's the CEO and she is so generous with female founders or founders in general. Like mm. she has been super supportive of what we're doing. And I so appreciate that. Um, so, you know, having a little bit of a healthy lifestyle, I work from home. So I actually have the luxury of up 2 p.m. I have 30 minutes. Let me go for a walk. Right. Um, and having that sense of freedom, I think, is really a nice reset because you're able to go outside and detach yourself and you're not watching Gmail blow up like you're sort of going for that walk and coming back and then having a separate life from work where, you know, you have your kids, you have your friends, you have your hobbies. Um, I've actually started doing a little bit of volunteer work here and there um, because it gets lonely, too. So, you know, the team's not very big. I've got a chef, sous chef, uh, registered dietitians I work with on a contractor basis. So they're not super part of the team yet. Um, mm-hmm. I have nutrition interns and we all work together, but everybody has sort of like their separate things too. So it's not right. like it's uh, yet a team that's fully integrated. Um, and so for me, when I do volunteer work, it helps be around other people and frankly, like you know, be working with others, learning from them and having that kind of energy, which, um, which I miss being, um, on my own for now. Uh, but as we grow, hopefully we'll, we'll be building up the team. I understand that so much because I also work from home and right now it's just me with all of my, uh, creative ventures and business and things like that. And it does get so lonely. And I found like having people outside of, you know, the workspace and they like, I don't know, sometimes I laugh. I'm like, I don't know if my friends fully know what I do for work. And I kind of like it that way because then it's like, I can switch my brain off. I'm not like talking about it. I'm not thinking about it when I'm with them. And it's, yeah, I don't know. It's like a hard balance to find. And I was just talking with a friend about how like, I'm trying to find these like better work-life balance and have like these spots outside of work and every time I kind of think I'm like getting there it's like I kind of fall off of it a little bit and it's it's hard to like stay in this like constant practice of making sure you're kind of making sure you have that balance there and I'm curious like because you know we're going into holiday season everybody's life is getting so much busier how are you you know like during busy times how do you find that you're like balancing yourself or do you because I know that's not necessarily easy for everyone yeah I mean I think um I think it's a matter of listening to yourself like I'll definitely push myself um and I know you do too uh where you know you you want to get everything done and then you have a million ideas and you want to try those too um so I think for me, it's being a little bit realistic, like what's doable given the current resources, what's not. 
Um, and then when I know that things like when like mentally, I'm just like, I need a break. Like I mm -hmm. take it. Um, so it goes back to that listening to yourself. I think that's really important. Um, being on my own hours, I have the luxury of taking the break when I want. But now that I'm, you know, trying to add a bit more structure, like I'll, I'll put in the calendar, like I'll literally put in the calendar, like Claire. And yes. then I just know that that's my break time and I protect it. Um, that's so yeah. true with having that kind of break moment in the calendar because I I laugh because I feel like I when I worked for somebody else, I was so good about boundaries and like was so good about, you know, it's like whatever, noon, I'm going to go take lunch for an hour or it's like 5 p.m. I'm done, like I'm cut off. And now I'm like, I feel like I have no like set times. And at first I was like, you know, this is like more stressful because I'm like trying to build this schedule and I don't know what, like what I'm doing to build my own schedule. And now I feel like I'm kind of at a point where I'm like, I recognize like I don't have to be following the schedule everyone else's and it's so freeing. And what you're saying about before, like you would take a like 30 minute walk when you had time and it was like this moment of freedom away from your email and your Gmail blowing up and everything. Like I, I resonate with that so much because that's like, I feel like how I've been approaching life of like, where are these like moments of freedom that I can take and like kind of step away from technology? Yeah, no, it's important. But I mean, if I'm going to be completely honest, I find it really hard because if I'm not doing it, nobody is. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I can say, oh yeah, why don't you take a look at this and uh, I'll take a walk for an hour and then I'll review it with you. Right, <laughs> That's right. not what's happening. So you also have to realize like, okay, is this a priority for me right now? If it doesn't happen within the next 24 hours, is this going to be a problem? And if it is, mm -hmm. you just have to do it. Um, if it's not, then you're like, okay, I can take that half hour and, and come back. So maybe I'm not as lenient as I with myself as I should be. I don't know. But um, I definitely feel the pressure to keep pushing all the time. Yes, um, same here. And it, it's hard. Yeah, I remember when I like first started working out of college, I had somebody tell me like, nothing in marketing or design like is an emergency like you have at least like a you know a 24 to 48 hour period for like most things if not longer like nothing it has to be too much of a rush and every time I like find myself getting into these like cycles of just like not stopping I'm like it's like just marketing it's just design like nothing is gonna blow up no one's life is on the line and sometimes we need that like quick reminder yeah yeah and, and it's true. true I mean yeah I was going to say something, some things is the case and others are not, um, mm -hmm. because you do have like fixed deadlines on certain things. Like right. if you want to, I don't know what, order or something and it needs to be there by this time, like you just, you know, um, so that's where suddenly priorities shift and you need to focus on what's going to move the needle, um, and set aside the stuff that's secondary. Definitely. I think sometimes I forget the quote, but it's like, we, overestimate the amount of hours we have or like the amount of time we have in one day but we underestimate the amount of time we have in like three months or something like that and it's true because I look at my uh my to-do list and I always like plan it out at the beginning of the week with you know what I know I have to do each day and by the time I get to like Thursday or Friday I'm like how did I think I was gonna accomplish all of this in a week like this is maybe <laughs> like three weeks worth of work and I've started kind of like paring down my expectations of like what one person can accomplish in, you know, about whatever, 40 to 50 hours of the week. And I think it's, it's important. And it kind of 
brings me back to this like mantra affirmation that I always used to follow and I'm trying to get back to of this idea of like you're more than your work or your job. And this is something that I've had kind of a big like reckoning with of like what does that really look like for me? And I'm curious like what this statement means to you. You know, it's interesting that you were used the word reckoning. Um, for me, I had that reckoning when I had my first kid because up until then I was super career oriented and literally I would like, I, I didn't actually do that, but I would be willing to like move for a job. I'd be willing to do all sorts of things for a job. And then suddenly when my child came, I wasn't willing to put in the hours the way I, I used to. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was sensitive to the fact that my, you know, I have a son and a daughter, so they have friends. So is it okay to move? Like they have school, like, you know, right. these all these questions start adding up. And frankly, this, that was a tough time for me because I had my identity wrapped around my work um, and I couldn't give my all the way I used to. So I felt at first I felt super frustrated and kind of lost a little bit because I wasn't sure what that meant for me and and sort of like the path that I had viewed for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but then with time, I started realizing that actually I was getting a lot of pleasure from being a mom and being there for my kids and that there are areas of work that are super interesting and where you can have an impact even if you're not putting in like all these hours or whatever types of resources you would have put in otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was good timing too because at the same time, there was a lot of discussion around work-life balance and yes. maternity leave and like all this other stuff. Like I'm so grateful to all the people who've been participating in these discussions and kind of bringing it forth for people because I saw I actually saw the workplace change before my eyes and um I'm I'm really grateful for that and then you know now that they're a little bit older the fact that I'm able to work from home spend time with them uh build something that I think is meaningful and impactful for people um is such a gift and I think again my identity is changing again so I'm Mm -hmm. now I'm realizing that Speaking of identity, it's something that that's almost ever evolving. And as you go through the different stages of life, that's going to it's going to change. And so to be open minded about it, to greet it and to always kind of ask yourself, like, what am I OK with? What am I not OK with? What makes me happy? What how do you know what what do my later what are my later years going to look right. like and kind of planning around that? But realizing that what you're happy with and what gives you pleasure today may not be what what that's going to be in five years. Um, and that's kind of exciting, you know, life, uh, life changes. I know. I think that's, that's so interesting. You bring up the point of like, you know, you change and shift throughout all these different eras of your life because I think, you know, whenever I like look forward or I look back and I'm like, I feel like I'm a different person than I was six months ago. So then when I'm sitting here today and I'm trying to plan for six months in the future, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I want things to be a certain way. And I'm like, I have no idea what that time is going to look like, you know, and it's, it's exciting and scary at the same time. And I'm curious going back to this, like idea of you're more than your work. If you had to give me like two or three things that you feel like are very like representative of who you are outside of work, what would they be? Two or three things. All right. Well, I'm a mom, for sure. Uh, I'm a wife, 
and I'm a friend. I think those would be the three things. Um, I know some people are very um, inspired by their hobbies. That's something I have aspiration to be more involved with. Like I love dancing um, mm -hmm. and I haven't set enough time for it. And that's, that's kind of my goal for 2024 is to, uh, is to do more of that. I love that. That's really beautiful. And I think, yeah, that's like what I've been trying to reframe it as is I feel like I'm so focused on work all the time and I'm like, well, there are so many other things that like make me me and, you know, make other people who they are and not looking at everything in a work setting. And, you know, kind of as we round out this conversation, you're currently serving New York and you're expanding to LA in January, which is amazing. And yeah. I'm so excited for you. And Thank you. I'm just like, curious like what does the future look like for Square Fair and like for you outside of Square Fair like what do you hope to achieve in 2024 and beyond? Well 2024 is gonna be a big year for us because um, I have a partnership with Carnegie Mellon where I'm going to be able to work with a bunch of students who are going to help me um, sort of like complete the tech backbone of our offering And so that's really going to set us up for scale. Um, you know, we started in New York, we're expanding to LA, but really I'd like to be in sort of every major city and maybe, you know, even beyond that, because mm -hmm. I think where we'll get to is we need motivated chefs, chefs who completely share the same vision, who feel very strongly about healthy life, clean eating and all that stuff and are willing to cook for their community. And from there, we can absolutely support them and function with them. And um, yeah, so I'm kind of hoping that 2024 is the year where we're able to start doing that. And I'm sure we're going to have a ton of lessons, which I can't wait to learn. Um, and yeah, and uh, sort of serve as many people as we can and, and help people feel good. That's amazing. I would and also say we're pushing yes. now a corporate offering for whoever's listening. Um, where we're starting to work with offices to help people mm. eat on the day-to-day. -day. So a lot of times, you know, offices will get catering, maybe to celebrate something, it's the end of a project, and everyone gets, you know, really fun food, and that's awesome, and definitely support that. But on the day-to-day, -day, people need, you know, a boost. They need to be able to perform, they need to be able to think clearly, mm. um, and that happens when you have sort of like the right food for you. And so we're trying to um, sort of like explain that to corporate offices and we're actually right. going to be launching a pilot very soon. So I'm sure we'll get a lot of learnings out of that. Um, but the goal is to see how we can serve people where they're most busy um, because that's, that's when they need it. That's amazing. I, I love that idea of kind of bringing it into the office and bringing it there. And that really feels like a a full circle moment for our conversation. And yeah. I'm curious, like we were talking about snacks earlier, like, and you know, snacking is kind of something that it sounds like a lot of people have problems with. And I'm wondering, or like not problems, but like they have a hard time finding what works for them. So I'm curious, like what is on your dream snack plate? If you had to build one right now, or maybe you're building one for square fair, like what does it look like? Yeah, I mean, so first off, I like snack plates that change all the time because I get bored. I can't be snacking always on the same thing. Then the question I would ask is, are you snacking because you're actually hungry, because you need a break, because you're feeling anxious? Like what's mm -hmm. driving the snacking a little bit? So if you're hungry, 
I would say something that's like super nutritional, like maybe you have like some hummus with some raw vegetables because you actually like need the food and you need help getting you to that next meal. Or maybe mm -hmm. like a piece of fruit with like a little peanut butter, like something like that. So never naked, what, what people call naked carbs with just, yeah. just the apple, because that's going to give you a bunch of sugar and then sugar crash. You want to coat that with either some protein or some fat um, to limit that, that sugar crash. So quick tip. Um, I so I, I would say eat something like that or like maybe like a parfait would be great too. Mm. So like Greek yogurt with some like granola, which by the way, we make homemade granola with no added Ooh. sugar um, because amazing. it's impossible to find. Thank you. It is. And I'm like, it yes, is. thank you. It is. Um, <laughs> it's impossible to find in the supermarket. We had to make it is. Um, with a little bit of fruit. And I think with the fruit, you can play around, especially if you have fruit that's going bad, you can put that in there. Yes. Like my big home tip here, that banana that's not looking so good, just put it in your parfait. That's um, very smart. You could, <laughs> um, you could also, if you're a little bit prepared, you could do an overnight oats. That's always good with some chia seeds, some oats, mm. um, again, like some fruit. And like you could mix it up with, you know, you, you could make it fun. You could put like some cinnamon and different, you could put herbs. Sometimes I do tarragon and strawberry, Ooh. which... Is a little bit esoteric, and I don't do it for square fair because I think it's a little too esoteric. But I do tell you, you should try it with like a touch of I, honey. It's really yum. I need to try that. That sounds like right up my alley. <laughs> um, and then you have, and then if you, if what you're really going for is I just want like a piece of chocolate, then I would say have like a small piece of dark chocolate, mm -hmm. but like the really good kind. Like, don't get Hershey's. Okay, now I'm just, again, shading things. But, like, <laughs> get, like, the good quality chocolate. Right. Um, And, like, just a square or two, and that's it. Because that's what you wanted. You wanted something that was sweet. You wanted something that, um, you know, get gets you through maybe a difficult meeting or something like that. Um, But you're not really that hungry. Then I would mm -hmm. say just get something that's really good quality in a very small amount uh, to kind of, scratch that itch and move on with your day. I love that. Those all sound delicious. And now you talking about granola is making me realize I have all the ingredients to make granola. So I know what my weekend plans will be. And I just kind of... Oh, so a tip our... on the granola, oh, just yes. quickly. So we don't use coconut oil for granola because um, when you cook it, it like the saturated fats sort of like something happens when you, when you cook uh, coconut oil at high temp. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we use olive oil, which tastes really yum too, and doesn't have that. Um, That's smart. So just like a small little tip. Oh, I'll have to do that. Yeah, because I usually swap between like coconut oil or I'll use like sometimes I'll mix some olive oil and it's usually just whatever I have on hand. But I'm going to have to try that because that I'm sure gives so much flavor and like good fats as well. It does. However, um, if you do use coconut oil, just don't cook it at too high of a temp. Um, mm. Like keep it under 300 uh, Fahrenheit and then you're okay. Good to know. Amazing tip. Well, I guess yeah. kind of piggybacking off of that, if you had to give a piece of advice based on our conversation today about, you know, eating healthy and self-care through these like ups and downs and like work-life balance and all the things, like what would your piece of advice be? I would say listen to your body because your body is constantly communicating with you um, and you should just, and it knows what it needs. So mm -hmm. listen to it, 
um you know when you're hungry like when you're actually really hungry don't be like oh i'm gonna push through another two hours because your body's telling you you're hungry you should eat if you're feeling tired if you're feeling like angry you know i would say these are all signs that you might be hungry mm-hmm. um and then you know if if you're in the bucket of not having breakfast in the morning try it i would say maybe try it for a week and see if it changes and again pay attention to how you feel mm-hmm. because it may, that alone may be transformative for you um and not in all cases but um in a lot of the cases we see it is that's amazing. Good piece of advice. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I would love for you just to share where people can find you and Square Fair and anything else you'd like to share kind of as a closing note. Absolutely. Um, so our, our website is get, as in like to have, square, the shape, fair, F-A-R-E. And the idea is to have a square meal, like a meal that's good for you and I has all the that. things that you need. Um, our Instagram is instagram.com slash get That's our handle. And, um, I love it when people get in touch with me, like seriously, I can't get enough of it. So email me. Yes. <laughs> I'm Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E at get Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that. And thank you so much for just sharing your story and your perspective on food and self-care. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Dear Citrus Diaries podcast hosted by me, Lauren Hodgen. Be sure to subscribe to our Substack and follow along on Instagram and TikTok to stay in the know, discover recipes, and so much more. Find everything linked in the show notes below, and I'll catch you next Monday.